This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 481. Thanks for listening once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, are smartphones too expensive? Many Australians think so. Apple rolls out its latest version of Maps, and Optus launches a new feature that can transcribe your mobile calls in real time. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Huawei MateBook X Pro laptop, we're also going to check out the Navman products that can keep you safe on the road this summer, and we'll give you some last-minute gadget gift suggestions, and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. It's a question that we are asking, are smartphones too expensive? 39% of Australians say, yes, they are. This is a new survey released by CanStar Blue. They surveyed more than 1,400 Australians who had purchased a phone within the last two years, and nearly half think that they are too expensive. That's the 39% getting up to half. Well, depending on the age group, it's nearly half. And that that's the funny thing about this survey is that the older the participant, the more expensive, the, the larger percentage of people think that the that smartphones are too expensive. Naturally, younger users who are more smartphone savvy and want to have the latest features, uh, they're, they're a, a smaller portion, which we'll get to, a smaller portion of those age groups, like 18 to 29s and the 30 to 39s, they have a different thought about this. So what are your thoughts about this? And you, you, let, let's first of all talk about the latest devices that have been released this year. Let's, let's talk about the iPhone, uh, the Samsung devices, and w- the, the Google Pixel phones, which are a little bit more reasonably priced. Samsung and Apple, the, the number one and number two. So Samsung's number one, Apple number two in the world. And a lot of their products, well, let's, let's start with Samsung. The Galaxy Fold 3, the Z Fold 3, that's $2,500. And yes, you are getting the latest technology and that comes at a premium. The iPhone 13 Pro Max, I think you, if, you, if you spec that up to a terabyte of memory, uh, all, all, all the bells and whistles, it's about, I think it's about $2,600 for memory. So that's $2,500 for a smartphone. And you consider other other devices. Of course, there are there are devices that start as low as one hundred and ninety nine bucks. Now, depending on how you want to use it, the quality of the experience, these are the things that that people are looking at. And you think of the sheer number of phones that are released each year, and you'll you'll see that it is harder for a lot of my readers and and listeners also are probably in the slightly older age bracket, especially my tech guide readers, and they struggle with with trying to choose a new device. That's why I get a lot of that. That's kind of my job is for me to advise them on the best smartphone for their use. And I've often said that smartphones, even at the sort of the mid-tier, let's say the $500 range, are offering great, great quality, 
good cameras, great design, nice big clear screens. So I think those brands are proving that you don't need to spend a fortune to have a decent smartphone. And But the way technology works, if you want the latest and the greatest, and then of course that's going to come at a premium. But what, what happens over time, the technology trickles down to these lower levels. That, that's why we're seeing such value at that, that mid-tier level. I think if you were to spend $500 on a phone five years ago and $500 today, the difference that you'll see is remarkable. The, the, the amount of technology, even on cheaper phones, like under $300, you're getting really decent quality, good camera, good cameras, multi-camera systems, like up to three tri- triple camera systems, you know, 6.5-inch 6. 6. displays. It's, it's remarkable the, 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 the quality and, the, and the, the value that you're getting. So let's look a bit closely, a bit more closely at the CanStar Blue survey. And of those aged 70 and older, nearly half, so 49% agree, smartphones cost too much. 60 to 69 year olds, 41% thinks smartphones are too dear. 50 to 59, 50 to 59 year olds, 48% agreed. So you can see that if you're over 50, it's like the music's too loud, the phones are too expensive. That's kind of the, the trend we're seeing here. But let's look down to the lower, the, the younger ages. 18 to 29-year-olds of that age group, only 12% think smartphones are too expensive. Same, Curiously, the same percentage, 12% of 30 to 39-year-olds think that smartphones are too expensive. So you think, of course, younger people want to have the latest and greatest, and kind of that's all they know. I think they, they think, well, this is a, such an important part of their life that it needs to have a great camera, it needs to have a good screen, it needs to have all these bells and whistles, it needs to be an iPhone, they, they, they don't want to use Android, or it needs to be a Samsung. So that age group, obviously, 18 to 39, they're prepared to pay. They're prepared to have the latest and greatest, whereas the older Australians – and we see the 50 to over 70, they're nearly half of all those age groups think, yeah, too expensive, too much for them. I think they, they, they don't see the need in having the latest features, all the bells and whistles. And you think about how competitive the smartphone market is right now. That's the name of the game, is trying to go one up on your competitor by introducing new and improved features. So if you, you cast your mind back to when your phone was just a phone, how do you compete there? Does one phone make better phone calls than the other one? No. What really set the competitive the, the competition alight was the introduction of cameras and the, the, the inclusion of all these different things that a smartphone can do. Like it, it, a, a smartphone is now your music player, your camera. It's all these things that used to be separate devices that are now bundled into one. Camera is is one of the one of the biggest areas that that people use to decide what phone they're going to buy. It's one of those tentpole features, apart from the brand, the size of the screen, design, camera, battery life. These are the the tentpole features that make people want to pay a little bit extra for their smartphone. 
And there's also a little bit of FOMO, sort of the fear of missing out from a lot of customers, especially those younger customers who they don't want to feel like they've been left behind. They, they want to feel like they do have the latest technology in their hands. So they're, they're the ones who are prepared to pay. Obviously, and they're the ones who don't think phones are expensive because they, they, they get it. The latest technology costs money. Older Australians realise that, you know what, all I need is a phone to take make calls, take photos, check in, use the QR codes. And they're, they're the ones who I help the most because there are so many to choose from each year that they don't know where to start. It's become so competitive. So an interesting snapshot there of our, our sentiments towards smartphone pricing, at least, there is the good news is there are plenty of choices in smartphones. You don't have to spend two and a half thousand dollars on a Samsung folding phone. You don't have to spend two and a half thousand on the latest Apple, the iPhone 13 Pro Max. There are plenty of choices, and I've reviewed many of them. They were included in our our tech guide, Christmas gift guide as well. The category, I think, day two was smartphones. So go back and have a look at that. But if you want to take a closer look at these stats from Canstar Blue, you can do that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Apple has just rolled out its latest version of Maps. Now, this has been a long time coming in Australia. They have finally uh, rolled out the improved Maps app. If you've got an iPhone, of course, you can use Maps. A lot of Android users and even iPhone users, they prefer Google Maps, but Apple Maps has really come a long way. I can remember years ago when Apple Maps was, uh, I think, the butt of a lot of jokes back in the day was the the features and it just there were a lot of things, there were a, lot, a lot of problems with it, but they've since uh, really improved and lifted their game and they've now come up with this latest version, which I've got to say, I've, I've had it for a few days. It's, sort of, it's rolling out incrementally across Australia. I've had it since uh, late last week and it has really added a lot of improvement including there's more detailed road coverage, 3D landmarks, better navigation, and there's a new feature also called Look Around, which I'll get to in a sec. But from from last week, I think users were starting to see the new Apple Maps, and the whole idea behind it is to provide the faster and more accurate navigation, as well as even more comprehensive views of roads, buildings, parks, shopping centres, airports, so you can easily see where you are. And adding those three-dimensional landmarks is, is also helpful, especially even if you're a tourist in, in Sydney or Melbourne or any of the Australian cities. Imagine being able to find the Sydney Opera House in 3D, a three-dimensional landmark to help you get around. And this, these features, of course, work around the world in other major cities as well because they've got – in those countries, it will, it will also work because it's been upgraded across there, there as well. So the whole, the whole idea behind this is giving people better navigation, uh, more accurate navigation – but not only if you're driving or walking, but also if you're in transit, if you're, if you're using public transport, uh, if you're using an Apple Watch, if you're on your bike. So all these things can help. Uh, one of the things I mentioned earlier earlier on was look around. Now, this is a feature that, that's similar to, let's call it Street View on, uh, on Google Maps. This is uh, a Apple's version of it, which, is, which offers what they say a smoother transition. So it's it's like looking around. So if you if you look at the map and there's a little pair, a little photo or a pair of binoculars, you can click on that and then see around you, see all the different the locations. I checked it. I actually checked my home address 
and I was able to, to look at my house and look up and down the street. Uh, so maybe give that a try. Just check to see who was home, maybe. I looked at my driver. There was no car in the driver. I was obviously out that day. But the, the Apple has what done what Google's done and sent out all these different cars with cameras and stuff so they can do their own version of, of the street view. With well, theirs is called Look Around. So it, uh, it does really give you the chance to look around. This is helpful too if you say you want to go somewhere and you want to be able to sort of get a lot, an idea of the lie of the land. You want to see, okay, where I, I need to go here. I can see that there. So if you're pre-planning a trip, or a journey, wherever you happen to be going, you can easily look at that and look at look, go through, look around, and uh, and check that out there. So, what it does, it uses high resolution three D photography and gives you that really nice smooth transition. So you can navigate anywhere you want, whether you want to explore Bondi Beach or walk up to the Opera House or stand under the Harbour Bridge. Look around gives you a more realistic appreciation of that as well. There's also map users in Sydney and Melbourne will also soon be able to have step-by-step walking guidance as well. Uh, and that is enhanced with augmented reality. So how that works is if you're walking somewhere and you're trying to find your way, all you need to do is raise your iPhone to scan the buildings in the area and maps can then generate a more accurate position and deliver directions that are placed in context of what you're looking at. So through your camera, you might see a whole bunch of buildings, but there might be an arrow pointing in a certain direction or arrows along the ground to direct you on your path. That's just, that's using, using augmented reality. The other thing is also uh, there is a new feature called Favourites. So it offers you like a one-tap navigation to places that you go to quite often, like your home, your work, the gym, a school, that that that's another feature as well. The other thing too is that the whole the transit schedules as well. So that is you get real time transit information. So it'll give you things like live departure times, arrival time. Like if you're waiting for a bus or a train, it'll give you the current location of that bus or train, and also system connections to help you plan your journey as well. Uh, so they'll also too. Apple says that maps will also report real time information like outages. So imagine if you're waiting for a bus or a train and there's an outage and you don't know it. Apple Maps will give you that real time update as soon as it as soon as it comes through. I think that's a, that's a that's another big plus as well. Uh, the other thing too is the uh, the ETA feature, which allows you to give you if you you can share your ETA. So share ETA, you can share your ETA stands for estimated time of arrival. So you say you're traveling, you're driving somewhere, and you might be driving out of the country to visit relatives or whatever. You can send them a share ETA, so they'll know roughly where what time you'll arrive. But the person who receives the share ETA, ETA, if they've got an iPhone, they'll be able to follow you on your journey in real time. So you'll be like like waiting for your Uber to arrive or Uber Eats. You'll, they'll be able to follow you on your journey in real time as you approach and also receive updates with a revised arrival time if there, if there are some delays for you as well. Um, navigation, they've got now better light lane guidance. You can now – you can also – share information about your journey so you can tell Siri that there's an accident up ahead or there's something on the road and then other map users will receive that information that's a little bit like Waze with that the Google owned app WAZE Waze where you can share information about your journey anyway Apple Maps 
it's really improved. If you're lucky enough to have it already, if you, if don't if you don't don't worry, it, it should be with you uh, in the next couple of days. If you want to read a little bit more about Apple Maps, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Have you ever on a mobile call, say you're, you're, someone's calling you or you're calling them, and sometimes, and this happened to me, you need to write something down. They're telling you something that you need to write down. Often you can't do that because you're either walking or driving. You, you can't just stop and or can't take notes while you're talking to someone on the phone. Well, Optus has recognised this and introduced a new feature called Optus Call Notes. And this is a feature that gives users, customers, the ability to transcribe their mobile calls in real time. So it takes notes. So it'll record your side of the conversation and the other side of the conversation, it'll use users' voice to text. And basically what you get at the end of the call is this written transcript of the entire conversation that looks a little bit like a message thread. So it says what you say, what your other person says, it's, it can distinguish that. Now, it's available for Optus customers only, and the transcript of your conversation can be viewed in the My Optus app. So this is a service that's been made possible because of a collaboration with a company called Sensory. Sensory is a company that's helped build the Optus Assistant. So to initiate take notes or the, the call the call notes, you need to say, um, hey, Optus, take notes. And that will start the transcription on the call. And then the conversation is transformed to text using voice-to-text technology. And then once the call is completed, you're then able to go into the Optus, the My Optus app to see and then download the transcript. Now, once it's viewed, the transcripts are then deleted from all Optus systems immediately. So don't think that all of your call transcripts are just going to sit on an Optus server. Once they're viewed, they can then be deleted. They're deleted immediately. So there's no record of it on their side. Once you're finished with the, your notes, it will take them off. But it, it'll be available initially through the My Optus app, and that way you can um, take the through the app. You can say, "Hey Optus, take notes," and that'll start the transcription of your conversation. And it's smart enough to distinguish between the two different voices as well. Uh, this is still in beta phase, so I haven't tried this for myself, but. It will be available to a number, a limited number of customers, postpaid Optus customers now before going wider with the with the proper with the proper the, when the feature has been properly tested and released. But I, I, from what I understand, it is pretty accurate in picking up the different voices, and also pretty accurate in terms of the transcription. Like you can't, I use a lot of I use a lot of dictation software when I write my stories. A lot of the stories you see on Tech Guide, I don't actually write them; I speak them. So rather than me typing, I'm talking. It just helps me get through and write my stories a little bit quicker, and then I go back and and uh, and fix up any errors. Like often the spelling's not 100. percent A word you say because of my accent, it might might type something different. So I'm pretty sure that Optus, this Optus Call Note service, will be optimized for Australian accents. So it's not like I'm 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 using an American developed service that thinks, what the hell is this bloke saying? Some of the my words are, are mis, mis, uh, incorrectly transcribed. 
So I'm pretty sure that this, with the sort of the natural language processing and all the technology behind it, uh, brought brought to Optus through Sensory. Sensory is an Aussie company as well. I think that the accuracy is going to be pretty impressive. I'm keen to give this a try because if you you might be a, a, a you know, might be a business call you're making, might be even a job interview. You might want a transcript of your job interview to see how you went. It might be an over the phone interview. Any of those sort of calls. If you can get an absolute word-for-word transcription, I think it'll be really handy. That's a really handy feature. And and whether it's a, you know you might be negotiating with something, or like you might be talking to an insurance company, or if the, if you can keep a record of your call, then I think that that's really handy. That that's attractive for people who who want to keep track of those conversations. And other you know, unless you know shorthand, it's very hard to write notes and take note of every single word that's that's taken. I had to learn shorthand when I was a cadet journalist at News Limited, and I think my top speed was 120 words per minute. That's what I had to um, achieve to once I completed my cadetship. But um, my memory of shorthand is long gone. I, I don't think I could uh, I could do it anymore. But it was a skill I used to have. But now, thanks to features like Optus Call Notes, thankfully that's not a feature we need to do. I can remember years ago when I was learning shorthand, as as all us cadets had to learn shorthand. I'm not sure whether actually cadet journalists today have to learn shorthand anymore. But the the thinking behind it was that. And this was in, I'm talking about in the 80s, so there was no such thing as mobile phones. And the thinking behind it was you can't always rely on your tape, on your tape recorder. Who knows if your batteries run out? I remember my shorthand teacher, I can't remember her name now, but she was a lovely woman who was really helpful. And I can remember her saying, look, Steve, you can never know when your batteries might fail on your recorder. And she was right, but I think what they didn't envisage was that smartphones are going to be introduced and your smartphone's with you all the time and it has a voice recorder. Uh, it's a little bit like when you're taught at primary school where you need to learn your your your, 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 your maths because you're not always going to have a calculator in your pocket and um, yeah, but now you do though. <laughs> You've got a smartphone. So yes, you do have a smartphone in your pocket, all uh, a calculator in your pocket all the time. Anyway, this is a cool service, Optus Call Notes. It is a handy thing if you want to transcribe your calls in real time. This happens in real time. As you're talking, it's transcribing. So uh, really cool. It's in beta at the moment by Optus. But if you're an Optus customer, you can look forward to the feature coming uh, coming to you real soon. If you want to find out a little bit more about that, you can check out our story at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off our reviews this week, we're looking at the Huawei MateBook X Pro. Uh, the one thing about Huawei, and and right now, 
their phones are a little bit scarce. They're not as, uh, you know, they, they had flagship devices like with Samsung and Apple. They were actually the number two brand at one stage uh, behind Samsung and in front of Apple. And all, long story short, after the Trump administration and its relations with China and everything and how they're not able to access Android, and Huawei phones are a lot scarcer. But the good news is that the company hasn't quit Australia altogether because they still make really impressive devices like earphones and headphones, which I've talked about on the show, but also their laptops are remarkable. And what we're talking about today is the MateBook X Pro. This is a really thin, light laptop, but still delivers that amazing performance. It's got a 3K display, so it's 3,000 by 2,000 pixels. It's a full-view touch display, and it goes, you can say, virtually edge-to-edge because... The, the bezels are just 4.4 millimetres wide, and that helps maximise the 13.9-inch display area. So you're getting all of this space. It's actually the screen-to-body ratio is 91%. That's a lot. Um, the screen has a 1,500 to 1 contrast ratio, 450 nits of brightness, and it has 100% sRGB colour gamut. So it looks great. But what I particularly like about the laptop too is it's three by two aspect ratio. So it's sort of not quite square, not quite rectangular, it's sort of in between that shape. So it's not too wide and it's not too tall. It's that right, that, that nice middle ground where the shape of it is still, if you want to still be productive, you can do that. You can see more content on each page as well. So if you're browsing files or editing a document, looking at a website, the the screen size is perfect. The MateBook Pro on the design side is just 4.9 millimetres thick at its thinnest point, and that tapers out to 14.6 millimetres up at the end near the hinge there, and it weighs just 1.33 kilograms. And in terms of its its design and it's what it's made of, it's it's got aviation grade aluminium, and there's really really precise CNC diamond edge cutting as well. So the end result is a really stylish and luxurious finish. It, it does uh, does really look look the part. Uh, does really look good in your hands too. It feel, feels good thanks to the and smooth because of the ceramic sandblasting that goes on as well. Naturally, you expect to have a full size keyboard on a laptop, and this is no exception. It does offer really what I call travel distance. So, so travel is the amount, the distance when you press a key for it to have to move. A, a lot of people prefer less travel. I'm one of these people who prefers less key travel, so it's just a bit more um, responsive to type, uh, a little bit smoother and more accurate as well. And there's also there's a backlit keyboard too, I should say, too, that gives you two levels of backlight brightness. So wherever you happen to be typing, whether it's in low light conditions in the cabin of an aeroplane, aeroplanes, we're going to be back on aeroplanes soon, and you, you can still see what you're typing, of course, thanks to that backlight. Now, connectivity-wise, you've got a – on one side, you've got a USB-A port, so traditional USB, and on the other side – 3.5mm headphone jack, two USB-C ports. And these two USB-C ports can support data transfer at up to 40 gigabits per second. And it can also support dual 4K monitors at 60 hertz. So 60 frames per second, 4K. So if you want to expand your screen real estate, you can add two 4K monitors to this this, uh, laptop as well. Now, do you remember when I said... 
why the screen bezels are so small. Remember I told you they're small? One of the reasons why they're so small is no camera. There's no camera above at the top of the screen. Like a normal laptop have a little uh, normal laptops have a little camera above the screen. The new MacBook Pro has a notch now to allow the camera to fit in, but not so with Huawei. Instead, they've placed the camera within the keyboard. So if you look closely at the keyboard, you'll see a key with a little picture of a camera on it. And when you press that key, up pops the camera at a 45-degree at a angle. So you can make your Zoom calls and do all of that. One thing about it, though, you don't have much say in adjusting the angle of the camera. So it's not the most flattering angle that you get from that particular <laughs> from that particular camera. And it's not like having the camera on a l- the lid of the laptop where you can adjust it. It's there on your keyboard unless you want to actually tilt the whole laptop backwards to improve the angle. Uh, it's not the most flattering. So I've looked up a few people's noses through the Huawei, and you can tell that it's they're on a Huawei laptop because when they're typing, you can't do any sneaky typing because the button is right in the middle of the keyboard in the top row of the keyboard. So they're going to see, oh, someone's typing. So, uh, yeah, look, good, good, good in the fact that it provides a larger screen. Not so good that it doesn't give you the most flattering angle, but the quality is still there anyway. That's the main thing. Uh, also, audio or the microphone is also quite good too. It's got a dual edge microphone, so it can pick up voices up to five meters away, which is pretty cool also. Now, security wise, the power button doubles as a fingerprint reader. Seeing this on a lot of laptops now, and it's really fast. The MateBook, uh, the MateBook X Pro, as soon as you touch it, boom, unlocked, and and all just like your smartphone. You you just it's one of those things you expect to happen instantly, and that allows that uh, with the MateBook X Pro, that fingerprint reader is instant, instantly unlocked. Uh, it's got a nice big touchpad as well. It also has a feature called Free Touch, and that gives you some haptic feedback whenever you're. So it gives you a more tactile experience when you're navigating through the touchpad as well. Now, under the hood, of course, the 11th gen Intel Core i7 processor running Windows 11, of course. If you've purchased this before uh, with Windows 10, you could easily, uh, it's got plenty of power to upgrade to Windows 11. If you buy it today, it'll have Windows 11. But with the 11th gen Intel Core i7 with the Intel Iris XE graphics as well, so whether you're multitasking, processing images, videos, editing videos, or gaming, really smooth gaming experience on this as well. In fact, this processor on this laptop is 22% faster or 22% improvement, however you want to class that, compared to the previous generation chip. And uh, the MateBook X Pro we reviewed had 16 gig of RAM and a one terabyte SSD. That's a solid state drive. So plenty of memory, plenty of RAM, plenty of storage as well. Now, the MateBook X Pro does have a slim vapor chamber fan system, so a cooling system. So don't think that if you're pushing this to the limit that it's going to overheat, but it's not. It's going to have a, uh, it's got a really efficient cooling system. So that's not an issue. On the audio side too, this was a pleasant surprise as well. Really, really good sound quality. If you, it's got quad speaker system, 
and a split frequency setup. So you get clear treble from the Twitters. There's even nice bass from the woofer. There's a woofer on board, would you believe? So you get this really nice audio experience, whether you're playing, watching your movies, playing your games, or just listening to your music, you are going to get a nice audio experience. And there's also on board virtual 5.1 and 7.1 multi-channel output as well. That's the support for that. So you can hear sound coming from everywhere. It's like uh, sounds coming from behind you and above you and around you it's uh, pretty cool and that's important I think a lot of people buy laptops not just to do their work of course but when it's time to kick back it's it's a great little entertainment device as well especially if you're watching movies or playing games or listening to music that really does help as well uh, now there is a feature a what they call a multi-screen collaboration feature and it only works unfortunately with Huawei smartphones and tablets and if you happen to be one of these customers, you're able to drag and drop files. So you, you touch the phone, they connect via NFC. You can run multiple apps from the phone on your laptop. You can run up to three of your mobile apps on your laptop screen. Drag and drop between them, drag and drop from the phone to your, to your laptop. Uh, so that's a really impressive feature, but unfortunately only works with a Huawei device. I think if they made this like an Android-wide feature, then they could. That that would be, it would make it a really desirable laptop to a larger number of customers. And it's funny because Huawei, the whole, the whole beef with Huawei in the US is that they've been denied the use of, of Android, of Google's Android. And yet these, their laptop can run Microsoft Windows 11. So it's look, it's a conversation for another day, but it's just strange that Huawei, yes, you can run Windows, and that's a Microsoft American company, but now you can't run Google's Android, but that's an American company. So I don't, I don't know where, whether that's going to ever stop, whether it's going to change. I'm not exactly sure. On the battery side, you get up to 11 hours of battery. And Huawei, one thing about Huawei's products, their battery life has always been impressive, always. Remember their phones, their watches, everything they do. I don't know what they're doing over there, but... The batteries run really, really well, really, really long. So easily get a couple of days' use out of this before you need to plug it into charge. The MateBook X Pro, it's available now. It's priced at $2,999. So it's a top-end top end laptop, but a pretty worthy investment if you're looking to get through, speed through your tasks, power through all those, those, those high-end applications, but also have a lovely entertainment experience when it's time to kick back and relax. The MateBook X Pro, you can check out our complete review at techguide.com.au. Well, summer's here and lockdowns are open, borders are open and a lot of people are hitting the road. It's that time of year and many of you, I'm pretty sure, will be packing up the car and heading out of town. But you know what? It's important to have the right device, like one of the latest Navman products, to keep you safe, but also save you potentially thousands of dollars as well. Now, pandemic's over. We've got our freedom. Borders are open. 
So Navman, who's been producing these dash cams and GPS devices for more than 15 years, they, they, they know a thing or two about their about the Aussie roads and GPS and, and dash cam technology. They have been tested to handle Australian conditions as well. But the thing with these products is there's not a one-size-fits-all. I think everyone, they we're all different types of drivers. We're also all different, we're all driving different types of vehicles. So... There is a range that will suit everybody, whether it's a, a, a dash cam or it's a, a GPS and a dash cam to suit a truck driver, plenty of choices. And I've laid them all out on Tech Guide as well. But you think about, I mentioned how this can keep you safe. I'm talking about a dash cam, how it can record your side of the story. If you get in an accident, it's, it's often your word against the other driver if there's some sort of dispute as to who's at fault. With a dash cam, it is clearly outlined here, and these these have 1080p, so full HD video, so you're easily able to see what happened. Not only that, the footage also has the geolocation, so it tells the GPS position, it'll tell you how fast you're travelling, so all that information which could potentially be handed over to an insurance company for, to a police investigation. So it's really important that you have a device like this because, yeah, God forbid if something does happen on the road on a road trip, we you do have that backup. And the other feature of a dash cam is also in parking mode, you can see if your car is struck while it's parked. Classic example would be you're in a shopping center car park, someone's backed into you, smashed the front of your car, drives off, doesn't leave a note. Well, guess what? If you've got a Navman dash cam and the parking mode is activated, you can see the whole incident taking place because the sensors will trigger the recording because it's the, it felt the bump in the car and you'll be able to read that number plate as they're driving away. That, that's, a, that's evidence to an insurance company that this person hit my car, they need to pay for it. So... Again, keeping you safe, saving you money. The other way it can save you money too is if it give, by giving you red light and speed camera warnings as well. So especially if you're driving in an area where that you don't know, and a lot of us that are on road trips, we are driving where we've perhaps never been before. So we don't know where the cameras are, where the red light cameras are, speed cameras. We also don't know where the school zones are as well, if you're in an area you don't know very well. So Navman provides all these notifications as well. And if you think about it, there's pretty hefty fines if you're caught speeding in a school zone, if you get caught with a red light camera or a speed camera. So there's money you can save, but also save the points on your license. So if you're a driver, if you rely on your car to get you to work every day, you might be a tradie, a sales rep or something, you need your license. This is a way for you to do that, to keep your your points on your license and the money in your wallet. Let's go through some of the products here. They start at $169. This is the Navman MyView 150 Safety. This is a value dash cam, full HD recordings, has safety camera alerts, fatigue alerts too, and a reminder to turn your headlights on if you've just left a car park. The fatigue alerts pop up every two hours because, you know, drive, revive, survive, as they say. Uh, that's a really good reminder if you have been on the road for that long, and the Navman can tell you if you have. Uh, also, there's the, the MyView Safety 
Speedo dash cam. That's 349 bucks. That's got two cameras, front and rear, and it has ultra low light sensors to capture this amazing footage in full HD, whether it's day or night. Front camera records at up to 60 frames a second, so it captures fast moving images really smoothly, really clearly as well. And you can transfer footage from the device to your phone via Wi-Fi. So you connect to the device via the local Wi-Fi network it has, and you can then transfer your video to your phone. Uh, the MyView 1100 Sensor XL dash cam, this has 30% larger sensor than other dash cams, so it does capture greater detail by dragging in more light. So low light situations, you're going to get a much better result. Front camera records at 1080p and includes a rear camera as well to capture front and rear footage and onto the included 32 gigabyte micro SD card. The MyCam GPS, that's that's $299. This is a device, it's great for a long trip. If you've got, it's got a large five-inch screen, fits neatly on your dashboard, has all the complete guidance for throughout Australia and New Zealand, all the maps are there. And it does also have a dash cam for protection as well. So it has full HD, so that what you see is the nice big five-inch screen and facing towards the road is a full HD camera. So you're getting the best of both worlds. That's the MyCam GPS, $299. It's also a hands-free uh, phone as well, so you can connect your phone, can read out your incoming text messages, you can find the nearest parks, petrol stations, cafes, hotels, golf courses, just at the touch of a button. There's also versions of this available for MyCam, uh, the MyCam Explore, if you've got a four-wheel drive, if you've got a caravan or a boat. And there's also the MyCam Truck for professional truck drivers because not if places where you can take a car, you can't necessarily take a truck. And things like overpasses, bridges, tunnels, it'll tell you if you if you MyCam Truck, for example, if you want to go through a motorway, it'll say whether you enter the dimensions of your truck. It's not going to take you into a tunnel that's going to be too small for your truck. Uh, and even if you're driving, riding a motorbike, there is the MyView M760D. This is 599 bucks. It's got front and rear cameras, which is weatherproof because you're on a motorbike, and does have IP67 waterproof rating. Has Wi-Fi for real-time viewing and backup as well. So uh, even if you're on a motorbike, uh, you, there is a product to suit you as well, the MyView M760D. To read all of that, I've covered all of that on Tech Guide. all those products, all those prices and pictures uh, for you to, to take an even longer look if you want to, if you want to recap. You can check that out at techguide.com.au. All right, we're getting near the end of our Tech Guide 12 Days of Christmas gift ideas. I'm recording this on a Monday, and I'm up to day 11 of, of 12. So day 11 was appliances. So we're talking robot vacuum cleaners, coffee machines, electric toothbrushes, uh, craft devices. There's all kinds of things you can look at here, cleaning devices, barbecues, you name it, uh, fans, vacuums. Even uh, stuff for 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 uh, dental oral hygiene. There's all these products that I've I've listed in today's uh, today's appliances with today's one on the Monday, but I also have gone through TVs, in-car gadgets, which we kind of spoke about already. The Uniden, sorry, the uh, Navman and Uniden have some uh, 4K dash cam they've just released. Smart devices is what I did late last week. This is a very popular segment. I mean, whether you want to get your first wireless security camera. 
or gift it to maybe some friends or family who might want to improve their security. There's also a lot of smart lights as well, like the NanoLeaf lines. So NanoLeaf traditionally have panels, but their latest product, the line, so these you can form a line pattern and there's a light, a different colored light on each side of the line to give you this amazing effect. Uh, there's also the Google Nest Hub, which is a, a smart speaker with a display. There's the Arlo Essential indoor camera, which is a great starting point. It's 159 bucks. Really good way for you to monitor indoor. So it is connected to power, so no need to worry about uh, recharging a battery. Does give you that peace of mind, especially if you're traveling. If you're going away, having a smart camera, a wireless security camera, allows you then to monitor your home while you're away. And a lot of these smart products too, you can set different things where you can have lights come on at a certain time, to turn TVs and radios on at a certain time just to give the impression that you're still at home. Plenty of cool, smart products in that day. That was day uh, That was day eight. Uh, but I've also done drones and other gadgets. Uh, plenty of drones. DJI got a few drones, especially including the new Mavic 3. Uh, and we're also going to finish off the, the gift guide with computers. And we're talking desktop computers like Apple's new iMac or uh, the MacBook Pro M1 laptop, the Huawei Mate X Pro that we just spoke about earlier. Uh, Asus have a whole new lineup of laptops as well. And also we're going to cover in that in that uh, that day, day 12, we're going to also cover things like printers and other accessories that you use with your computers as well. If it's a last-minute gift guide you're after, we've got you covered here. So if you want to check out our 12 days of Christmas gift ideas, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, if you're an online gamer, you want the best performance while still helping to maintain your computer's security. And that's exactly what Norton 360 for Gamers offers. The patented game optimizer technology can help maximize gaming performance while still helping to maintain the level of security you've come to expect from Norton LifeLock. Game Optimizer can free your PC from power-hungry programs running in the background that eat up your system's resources, helping you get more performance out of your rig. Whether you're a hardcore gamer or just a casual player, Norton 360 for Gamers helps provide multiple layers of protection for your devices, game accounts, and digital assets. Norton 360 for Gamers also includes features that help protect against cyber threats, including malware and webcam takeovers. If you want to help ensure all the available computing power of your system is allocated to the game for maximum performance, while still helping to maintain maximum protection, then put Norton 360 for Gamers on your team. Listeners of the Tech Guide podcast will receive a 50% discount to a year's subscription of Norton 360 for Gamers by using the promo code TECHGUIDE when they visit au.norton.com forward slash techguide. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Belkin have a whole range of earphones, uh, affordable earphones that are available down through Big W. You can also check out their cable range and power banks, all these other accessories, all through belkin.com forward slash au. Now, a question, most of our questions we get are kind of NBN related or connection related, internet related. And a lot of people are sort of tossing up whether they go, uh, whether they use a mobile hotspot, 
maybe the NBN isn't available where they live, whether they're in 5G range. There are a lot of things to consider. Uh, if you are, I think Telstra and Optus are now offering services where uh, they are offering 5G connection. And if you are a customer in Optus and Telstra's 5G footprint, it wouldn't surprise me if you haven't already to for you to receive a letter offering you a change to that service. Now, you just say, for example, you're a Telstra NBN customer and you receive a letter, and a lot of my readers have and I've responded to them, you receive a letter saying, we'd like you, offering you the chance to transfer to our wireless home broadband solution on, tel- on our 5G network. Now, Telstra are offering this because they would prefer you on their network than being on the NBN, which they have to pay a commission. So if you're an NBN customer, for example, say you're paying 60 bucks a month, then Telstra, when they take your $60 a month, they've got to give 20 bucks of that or whatever the figure is to the, to the NBN. That's them because that, they're renting the NBN and reselling it to customers. So with 5G and Telstra, if they can convert that customer to 5G, then Telstra gets 100% of that $60 if it's 60 or 70 bucks because they own the network. They don't have to pay anyone else for that. So that's the reason why a lot of you are receiving letters to switch to a wireless system. People think, well, what's the difference? Wireless, this and that. In some cases, the wireless connection may be faster. 5G in some areas could be up to four or five times faster than the NBN. That's great if you can do it. Things to look out for, though, if you if you are being offered a wireless service instead of the NBN, be careful because you want to be able to see, A, the pricing, that's number one, but also what sort of data limit you're getting. I know Telstra don't have a 5G plan with unlimited data for home just yet. So I know the NBN offers unlimited plans on their, the Telstra offer unlimited plans on the NBN. So that's another thing to consider. Yes, it might be faster, but are you giving up your data, your data allowance? So a lot of people are confused why Telstra, when they're already a Telstra customer, they're receiving letters. Optus are doing the same thing. A lot of people are confused. This is the reason why. They would prefer you to be a customer on their 5G network than on the NBN because the the money that you pay them per month, the, uh, 100% of that money is theirs. If you're paying them money on the NBN, it, it's probably 70% of the money is theirs, maybe even less. So that's the reason why these letters are coming out. And look, the service might be worth changing over to. But as I said, check out when, check out what sort of data you're going you're gonna to get and also the pricing. But if, uh, if it is possible and it does suit you, then why not go wireless? We've come to the end of our show for this week. If you need to find out anything that we've spoken about, you can find it at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch with us, we love hearing from you. Just send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. You can also hit the Ask Stephen icon on the homepage, and that will generate an email to me as well. We'd like to thank our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and our equally great sponsor, Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the sponsors who support 
the Tech Guide podcast and have done for several years. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another show, our last show of 2021 next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected. 